building better relationships at home and at work for people who have more than enough on their plate. Two coaches dangling the possibility of finding joy in your relationships. Do you dare to consider life can be better? Have a listen and tell us why. Hi, Patty. Hi, Angela. And hi, everyone. Welcome to Building Better Relationships at Home and at Work with Patty and Angela. And today we're, we're looking at how change can inspire your relationships. So we're going to start actually a lot with the work environment because Patty's a leadership coach. And I've been working with Patty for a while, discovering uh, the ups and downs of what goes on in the leadership and the work environment. <laughs> and uh, also, I was sharing with you, Patty, earlier that back in the year, from the year about the late 90s to 2012-ish, 15, there was a lot of work around change, change agents in the work environment. And a lot of corporations and organizations, they realized that change was coming in the year 2000. It was all that panic about Y2K. So right. whole groups were preparing for change at the corporate level. Now we're in a different phase of society where change is a nature of every second of every day. And we've become accustomed to that. But uh, change has been a, a huge topic in the beginning of the century. And we've kind of sort of not talked about it as much because the pace has sped up so much and we've become accustomed. So I was wondering if you can share what you see about change and how it's affecting the work environment. Well, change is constant with leaders. Every moment there's always something going on and people are demanding that you reply immediately instead of having time to think about how you're going to react or if it's really a priority um, looking at do I really need to respond to this immediately or is this something that can wait and with technology now everybody's expecting you to just answer as soon as possible but that's not always good because you're not getting the full picture of what's going on. You don't have time to ask your team, oh, is this something that we could do by such and such deadline and will it be efficient? Will it be something, will we put out something with good value instead of slop? Just taking, <laughs> just taking that few moments of um, stop and reflect and what what do I have right now at this moment in time that's the most important thing that I need to work on and do I have time to respond to something else later that's not so much of a priority and leaders are getting hit from all areas you know from the people above them the people beside them and the people below them and everybody wants it now 
So yes, change is constantly happening for a leader. They're always putting out fires. There's no time to think and things don't get done as well as they should because people are making quick decisions. They're reacting instead of being proactive and thinking about how I need time to think about this so that I make the right decision. So when you say about they want things now, like people want things now, have you noticed that that instant gratification in the workplace, like I want it and I want it now, has that actually got worse? Has it got more intense? My feeling is yes. I feel it's gotten more intense because we have our cell phones now with us at our desk. We have our emails up on our cell phones. We have notifications pinging on our desktop. We have now voicemails going into our emails. It's constant, constant getting bombarded. Who do I answer first? Is this a priority? Is this not a priority? Is this urgent? Is it not urgent? And that's where you have to step back and, and say, does this really need my attention at this exact moment or can it wait? And in terms of change as a uh, way to inspire people, like as a leader, how would you work with, instead of getting bombarded, like shifting that to what can we do here or what, what actually did you do as a leader to shift people from being bombarded to being inspired? That's a good question. I think just taking time out and actually thinking about um, and saying to, to somebody, even as a leader, you saying to your employees, um, here's a new project for you. You need to know what they have on their plate as well and what really is priority in that communication needs to be there so that if they haven't finished one project that the deadlines do tomorrow you don't want them starting the new project until the other project is finished so how do you inspire people by talking about things asking questions finding out what's going on in the workplace being there for them and not being the one just saying, you know, here's another thing and not giving them any kind of direction. People need direction and projects are good. You know, doing the same old, same old, you become stagnant. Hmm. Uh, you don't enjoy going to work if you're doing the same thing constantly every day. So getting new projects is good, but you also need to finish what you've started. So that's where it's important to really have the lines of communication open. I haven't finished this. What is more priority? Of course, I want you to finish this and I want it to be good quality. When we start rushing around and we're multitasking and we're doing this, uh, this and that and this and that, 
you're not putting your full value into it and things aren't getting completed like they should. And then your customers and your clients aren't getting good quality work from you. And that's the whole point is you want to have good quality work. So change is good because say that you have a new project and it's really something that you don't like or you get a new boss or you get a new team member. Those changes change the energy in the office. Is it good? Is it bad? <laughs> Do I want this? Do I not want this? And it starts making you think, do I need a change in my life? Hmm. And that is good because if you stay in the same job for 20 years and you hate every moment of it and you're hitting that snooze button five times before you drag yourself out of bed and you're thinking as you're driving down the road, this is going to be in my blog post tomorrow. Okay. <laughs> and you're thinking about, oh, I hate my job. I hate going every day. Change is needed and change is good. So what you're saying is that sometimes things that are coming in a really bad package actually are important to inspire change. Yes. So it may feel uncomfortable, but it can be very necessary for you to make a, a personal change in your life one of the other things you mentioned to me that I found because I'm not in a work environment I work at home but I'm not in a group work environment it's about um, what you shared earlier was being in a group well as a leader you talk to your group about the feasibility of a project can we do this how can we do this so you measure um, it's like navigating change. So you use change as a way to talk about the feasibility of getting stuff done, how to tackle things to get them done with the group. Can you right. describe how because, that works to inspire people to work together? Because, you know, um, people want everything now. Mm. Well, that's not really realistic. If if a project's going to take you two months to do it, you need to be up front and say, it's going to take me two months, you know, for it to be good quality and not just pacify everybody, you know, pacify the first person that's in your face about something and say, oh, yeah, I'll get it done in a month. Well, that's not realistic and that's not being fair to anyone, and then you've got people working overtime and then you've got people stressed out and all of those things. So being realistic about your time frames and all of that. And when you are realistic, you are inspiring because you're being honest and you're caring about the product and you're caring about your people and you're caring about your client and your customer. And you're not making promises that you can't live up to and so as a leader would you also go to the group and say well originally this was a two-month timeline we've run into this snafu obstacle um, new new situation that wasn't 
unplanned or something that you didn't plan for and then renegotiate the feasibility of the project and getting things done or how right and also being honest with your client or your customer oh. saying you know you know letting them know it's going to be a little bit longer how many people actually do that right communicate yeah they make excuses or they're not they're not up front and saying you know what it's not going to be two months it's going to be two and a half months and this is the reason why and I apologize you know um, you know and you also can hire more people you can all come up with all different ways to solve the problem but also you need to be realistic when you give deadline dates is it really doable okay and have you thought of all the contingencies and all the other right. problems that could rise up and how you've got to factor in time or people or op options to solve those potential problems have you thought about all of that you should always have some extra time in there because what if something else comes up that is a fire that has to be done immediately and if you don't plan right and have a little bit of leeway, you're going to find yourself always right at the edge. Mm. See, that's one thing I hear from a lot of workers is that that's what they feel perhaps the most, um, I don't want to say abandoned, but disregarded, is that mm -hmm. their leaders and that may not be the actual supervisor, it might be the organization's expectations or the, 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 the outcomes, the sales outcomes of the organization or the expectations of the output, what they, the organization demands. The workers feel like they're, they're not communicated with, they're not engaged in the conversation, they're not consulted. It's just this right. outcome that's desired and you have to do that and eat, eat it. And that's where I you're just it. gonna get it done no matter yeah. what yeah and I don't care how you do it but you're gonna get it done on this this time so that's not very inspiring to your team but when you actually get feedback from them and them say you know yes this is doable at this point in time because if I have all of these projects I can get this one done at this time and then you talk about okay what what do you need what tools do you need what do you need to get the job done on time so what I'm hearing is that change inspires relationships because it forces us to collaborate yeah talk to each other yeah <laughs> and in the beginning when the change agents were people who were employed to manage the huge change in technology was brought on they basically had to deal with a lot of emotional issues yes but now i'm hearing that it's actually about navigating communication and a lot of communication issues people have where they might just operate by a certain expectation the expectation is maybe assumed but poorly communicated to the workers or to the team. And then there's this um, lack of collaboration with the workers. So you just sort of feel powerless in that relationship. You just throw it on their desk and say, do it. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. So it's interesting for personal relationships because um, I'm going back to this. I, I kind of put things in perspective with the past because when change agents became a, a sort of fresh new word to deal with the whole transition of companies to basically becoming very technologically based as a way of managing communication, of managing people. We went from people managing people to communication through electronic medias um, becoming the, the basis of most companies, if not of the majority of all corporations. Um, what What happened was that people focused on the, the concerns and the emotions about it, now there's this assumption that that's just something you put up with. Um, and in personal relationships, like love relationships, I've noticed the same thing. We, we've talked about this in our other podcasts about the phone and how it's become part of our bedroom or come into the living room. Two people can be on the phone and there's a lack of actual visceral contact and there's a distance also because people are maybe literally not communicating anymore face to face. They're not playing with each other physically. They're not playing games. They're not cooking together. They get takeout. They have that instant gratification type of relationship. But what you're sharing in the workplace too with the expectations that you have to produce a certain output and you're not collaborated, your needs may not be um, cared about and no one's talking to you about it also that comes into the home environment because then there's ex you come home you're tired you're overworked or unconsulted at work about your needs and you just sort of want to not be have any more demands put on you when you come home you just want to be like I don't really want to give anything to anyone anymore because no one's really sought to look after my needs at work so I've got nothing left to give and you you, we get into a lot of um, assumptions about how I should behave because at work there's been some assumptions made about your needs are not important, you just have to get through this. Then when we go home, we can't kind of fall into habits as well. So I think in relationships at home, change is really, it's something we can, we can look at to change up certain behaviours we fall into. We've, we've talked about the phone as a really big one, but I, I feel like also there's a, a very big opportunity to look at how we can um, bring in new habits into the relationship on a conscious way, which it, it still goes back to talking, Patty. I mean, it's, I don't know what you do in your personal relationships. Yeah, talking's important because you can assume something and that's not always what's really going on so if you don't talk to people or you're in avoidance and all of that that we talked about last podcast I think change changes energy it makes things exciting it's not the same old same old and as you know in relationships you get into patterns and that can be good and that can be bad. Can you, uh, like, when, when, what's a good pattern? I think um, little rituals that you have, like waking up. Yeah, you know, like date night or um, watching a favorite TV show together. Something, you know, something exciting because that brings you together. 
and it has a certain memory. So yeah, when you and you can talk about it afterwards, and you're excited about the um, the show and all of that kind of thing. Taking a quick break for our sponsors. Yeah, and then there's also like family rituals that you might have, like yearly events that you do or birthdays, things like that that you celebrate. So those patterns build the the sense of connection and commonality and memories, shared memories, good memories. So it's interesting because when does the pattern then become, this is what I find interesting in, in love or spousal relationships. Sometimes a person, one partner can find those patterns really invigorating <laughs> and have the good memories. And the other one's like, oh, you know, I'm so over, I'm so bored, uh, yeah. not invigorated by it. And I think sometimes it's what we've shared earlier about the work environment. It just sucks people's <laughs> energy sometimes because their needs are not being explored. And change can also be about what, like you're saying, if you're going to work thinking, I can't do this job, it's time to start thinking about, what well, if I'm not going to do this, what can I do? What do I want to do and what's possible? Right, because you feel like you're just going through the motions, you're unappreciated, aided. Um, you you just feel like, why am I here? What what's inspiring about that? We all want to make a difference in the workplace. If we want to be honest, when you're bored and you hate every moment that you're there. That's not inspiring. Not inspiring at all. And I think we all want to be inspired. I think we all want to have a purpose and a meaning. And change is good for that because it shakes it up. You learn new things. You get to do something different. It feels better than doing something that you could close your eyes and do it in your sleep. What's that um, idea of closing your eyes when you are oh, that feeling when you do something new and then you get when well the the feeling of when you're bored and you can do it in your sleep. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, when you have change you you can't. You have to be focused. You you you're learning something new. It's exciting because you're learning something new. But when you're bored and you've been doing the same old, same old, you know, you're just going through the motions. There's no passion there. So one of the things, as you were talking about closing your eyes, I just got an idea <laughs> of, oh, I thought you were talking about this possibility. Um, <laughs> One of the habits I notice is that when we get into patterns and perhaps you might think your partner is boring and you're doing a whole ritual thing and it suddenly loses its its energy for you and it might still have some meaning for your partner but you've lost it. That's similar to like driving in the car and not wanting to go to work or dreading going to work because it's so repetitive or uninspiring. And in the relationship, the personal relationship, what I found is that that moment where you feel uninspired, that's the moment to ask why and to literally go, if you could do anything 
what would it be for the relationship? And we lack a lot of <laughs> new ideas. I find that we find it's a, it's a habit that we tend to, if you're bored by your partner or uninspired, we tend to sort of really get stuck in the fact that you feel boredom where, rather than actually looking at boredom as a chance to sort of think about, well, what would I do if I could do something different? What other options are there? So the expectation, similar to the work environment where you feel put upon, that you just have to put up with what the work or the boss expects of you. In the personal relationships, we kind of go into a little bit of slumber or laziness or just apathy when it comes to feeling boredom with perhaps a pattern or a ritual that you have with the partner. And some of the things that I do with partners is really just look at if I fall into a sense of, do I have to? I have to ask why, because there's something underneath there, because it's not my work environment, it's my personal relationship. There's something there that may need to be addressed about a feeling I might be trapped or or feeling that I can't say something in the relationship or I can't uh, be myself in the relationship. So once you get to that question, it can help to shift and get more inspiration. And that's the same in the workplace. You can feel like you're a caged animal. You're not going anywhere. You don't know where to turn. You don't know what to do. Same thing. Yeah, and I find that interesting that in modern culture, we humans sort of resign ourselves to that. And it's important to find that little fire inside. Um, Ironically, when you... Go on. And that's where change... That's when change inspires you, is by doing something different. So, Patty, can you give some examples of maybe like in your personal work life that you've done, you've had these brain waves or what have you done in the work or personal environments where you just sort of went, I can't do this, let's do something different. How did the inspiration come? It has to come within yourself. You have to think, okay, this isn't working for me. What can I do differently to stop that? Um, How can I change this so that I'm happy, that I'm not this miserable person going to work every day and hating every moment of it? (laughs) Should I take a class? Should I, you know, um, should I start putting my resume out there? Should I start networking? Should I try new things? Uh, Maybe I need a career transition. Just something different. Something like for me, it was coaching. I started, you know, going to coaching school and that inspired me personally. So, though, you know, just saying, okay, what do I enjoy? What do I want to do with my life? What do I want to change? Do I want to do this for another five to ten years? So you really asked some deep questions and just looked at the first questions were like, do, what can I do? What can I do? I like that yeah. simply. 
just what can I do? Anything, anything. For me, it's been because I guess I've always been a bit of a fantasy person. So um, from very young, I watched, I read Enid Blyton, a lot of Enid Blyton. If any of you don't know who Enid Blyton is, go back and read it. It's very British. And, and I haven't and, read it. <laughs> oh, the Magic Faraway Tree. I think I lived there for most of my childhood or the first part of it. So um, for me, it's about, um, I like like a simple question, like what can I do? First, I need to know why, if I'm feeling trapped or whatever I'm feeling, I need to know why am I feeling this way? What am I feeling? Or And if I want to go down the rabbit hole a bit, not too far, why am I feeling that way? And then what can I do? Something simple. And for yeah. me, I get inspiration just from those questions, asking that and just allowing my imagination to go randomly anywhere which not a lot of us do because of that what we described earlier about the bing 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 notifications demands and from this communication expectations at work and assumptions you can't do anything about that and what I've noticed is daydreaming just allowing my brain to drift and I get these ideas and people now don't have that luxury anymore. They're under so much stress. They're not taking time out to go for a walk, get away from the desk, just chilling. That, because you're under so much stress, your body and your mind is going and going and going. You don't stop and smell the roses. I think that's where we're missing things. And and change can inspire you to get away from that. If you're doing something that you enjoy and love, that takes stress away from you. Yeah. So some of the things you've shared with me in the past, Patty, are going into nature and just yeah. walking. Um, and also driving, you get a lot of those um, random ideas or creative ideas when you're driving. Things can pop in. I know your hands are busy, so you can't write them down. <laughs> but the brain sort of goes and explores and has that freedom when you're driving. Or taking a shower or a bath or, you know, just... It's kind of your downtime. Yeah. So that your brain can actually kind of relax. And some of you might know that I do meditation, so that can help <laughs> as well. However, I've noticed that some of the speed of life this year has even made it difficult to be still in my meditation. So I have to do more of the walking, uh, go to a different environment, get out of the house. Uh, get away from any of those addictive devices <laughs> with ba basically not not being with them or not being in the house where they are and going device free and allowing the brain to go and wonder as as I go wandering has been incredible ways to just have this great imagination um, fall in and be able to allow inspiration to come. Um, cooking's been another interesting one for me. I've been cooking at very strange hours and I really feel it's so I can just allow my brain to not 
focus on anything else, just allow myself to experience the food or contemplate the combination of the elements that I'm working with. So a lot of these behaviours that we've kind of taken for granted for thousands of years of civilization can now be contemplative or ways for you to look for inspiration to, to smell the roses or whatever you're working with in, in your body to, to integrate your imagination and inspiration with what's in front of you. So, Patty, Even when you feel like change is not good, in the end, it is because it's made you a different person in some way, shape, or form. It's hard to feel that at the time, isn't it? Sometimes right. Like, oh. Yeah, you, you're hating every moment of it, but then you look back and you think, oh, this was good for me. Because hmm. it opened you to something you didn't know about yourself or the world. Right. And so, Patty, can you share, you've got a new program for busy leaders. Can you talk about that, how that might help people to get inspiration? Yes, I have um, a new online course and it is, um, it's called Work-Life Balance Hacks for the Busy Leaders. There's seven hacks, quick and easy, and you create your own work-life balance plan that is personally for you. And, you, and as time goes on, you, you can reuse the program over and over again because your life is going to change and your priorities are going to change and all of those things. Yeah, you designed it like I like it. It's for busy leaders, so it's really concise, yeah. compact, and quick and to the point because Pat's yes. got a lot of experience with people that don't have time to waste, <laughs> unlike me with my Enid Blyton escapades where I'm <laughs> cooking at two in the morning and I don't know why. Um, yes, so if you want to know more also about um, some of the work I do with the energy body and also love and relationships, I'm doing Facebook Lives on my page and that's in the description for the video as well. So come along and explore on Sunday's 9.30 Eastern Times. Uh, what are those uh, explorations of Angela's <laughs> love and relationship escapades, especially if you've got uh, relationship situations in personal relationships where you're finding you need some uh, deeper connection to where you might direct it in, a, in alignment with what brings you more joy and also more awareness of who you are, not who you think you should be. So that's our um, podcast for today, Patty. Do you have any other final thoughts for anyone listening about inspiration? Because I know you're coaching for inspiration, so I wanted to get that um, podcast finished with some ideas on what what that is for you. Well, I did write a blog post article on change back in 2014, I think. So we're going to put that in the show notes and it talks about changes like a butterfly and how change can be inspirational to you if you want it to be. And your logo is the butterfly as well. So. Yes. Yeah. I have a question for you, Angela. So for you being 11 relationship coach, 
what do you think, how do you think change inspires relationships? Um, there's so many aspects, but I'm going to focus on one. Because <laughs> sometimes for me, it's very, it's this one very simple principle that when you love someone, it doesn't mean that that love is finite, it's infinite. And that's a very, infinity is a very difficult experience to understand for a human being, especially in an instant gratification culture like we live in now, but it's been difficult before now as well. So change actually opens you to seeing that you actually don't know the person that you're in relationship with fully. You don't know yourself. Change is always showing you if you work with it, even when it's uncomfortable, and especially when you don't like it, change is showing you that love is going to put you on a journey to deeper knowledge of yourself or the other person and what is the connection between you, which can be annoying, but it can show you that there's more to yourself than you are aware of. So change is, is always teaching you that there's more and more and more of yourself, not just to share, but to understand about yourself. So it can be very challenging. And I think change, it goes into all the other areas. Is like when we lose people or when we lose a relationship or when we remember something painful and we have to change our perspective on it. Change is showing you that love is going to always keep you evolving and growing and discovering more. And we kind of want to shut things down sometimes because that's too much. But if you look at change over a lifetime it starts to become a journey and exciting and change can inspire when you look at it over bigger periods of time. And I, I, I share that a bit in my work, look at life more in bigger chunks of time. It becomes a lot easier to look at the smaller pieces that are annoying. <laughs> well, thank you, Angela, for sharing that. Thank you, Patty. And thank you for everyone who's watching and listening. And we look forward to our next topic and a few births happening in April. So it's, it's rebirth for April. So please join us for the next one as well. Thank you, Patty. Thank you, Angela. Thank you for listening to Building Better Relationships with Angela and Patty. Send us a message. And please like or share the podcast or donate with the Anchor Donate button. We really value your feedback.